Ladies and gentlemen, before this episode begins, I just want to quickly apologize due to some lagging issues caused by me trying to record audio and video podcasts at the same time. You will notice some parts of this week's podcast sort of just cut out or there's like a really quick skip and it sort of cuts off what Josh and I are saying. So just wanted to quickly apologize for that. It's nothing big. It doesn't affect the show overall. It's just a few parts here and there. But I did want to point it out ahead of time and apologize for it. But having said that, I hope you still enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Ocho and Ortiz Disney Podcast. On this episode, it was my pick again this week. So we're not doing anything sort of Disney Channel original movie related. What are we doing? Stick around and find out. Let's get this thing started. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with another edition of the Ocho and Ortiz Disney Podcast, and we hope you enjoyed last week's episode. It was a first for us because we did a video podcast for it, so if you've only heard the audio and you feel like actually watching it, please be sure you check out the video. It's uploaded on YouTube and Facebook. If you haven't had a chance to listen to it or watch it, go do that. Help support us. Our social medias are facebook.com slash Ocho and Ortiz Disney Pod and instagram.com slash Ocho and Ortiz Disney Pod. Or you can just search for at Ocho and Ortiz Disney Pod. We are also available on most major podcasts and platforms now. Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Additionally, we're hoping to have our Twitter up soon. If it's not up by the time of this recording, I tried creating a Twitter account and there was some issues there. And within like a minute, two minutes of me creating the Twitter account, the account got suspended. So I'm trying to get that back. So hopefully, hopefully we will have that back soon. In addition to that, I just want to address the fact that we are still having issues with the video podcast because we haven't done a lot of them. So what I didn't realize is when I recorded last week, because it didn't show me until after the fact, after I recorded everything, that it records in split screen. So you got half the screen being Josh's profile picture and half the screen being me. And because I didn't realize that there was that half screen thing going on, Half my face got cut off a lot of the time, and it's probably going to happen again tonight because I wasn't able uh, able to figure out how to minimize screens on Skype. So it's still work in progress, but stick with us. We want to try to make this podcast as good as possible. I think we're going to try to use Discord going forward and see if that makes a difference. But yeah, please, please stick with us as we figure out the video podcast. And we've been doing audio podcasts for five years, so... Video podcast is a brand new thing for us, so stick with us as we figure out the technical difficulties with it. Having said all that, Josh, how the hell are you tonight? I'm doing good, you know. I'm I'm awake, which <laughs> is, you know, 
That's always good to be for the podcast. What, what, what is that, man? You're kind of throwing me under the bus with, with that decom stuff, eh? <laughs> I threw you under the bus last week with it too, saying how much I hate it, <laughs> hate it having to do the descendants, <laughs> and out, and outright saying that we would never do a review of any of the High School Musical movies. Yeah, but come on, man, decoms are fun. I, I have I have other ones already picked for future episodes. Oh, I'm sure you do. <laughs> I te- I texted. What did I message you last night that I don't need notes for decoms? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I have ideas. I have I have ideas for months away too, but I have ideas. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. <coughs> oh, oh, Dave's dying. Excuse me. Yeah, I am dying. Yeah, no, I think we all have ideas. Just gotta try to figure out when we're gonna do them. We're going to alternate. One week I'm going to pick a topic. The next week Josh is going to pick a topic. I think that's fair and I think it'll be a good thing. We are also at some point going to open up a forum to or a place for you guys to choose topics for us. Just trying to set something up for for that. But Ooh, uh, I like I like that idea because then they can also uh, we could if we could maybe decide pick ahead of time. We could drop a forum, leave some questions, some feedback. Yeah, yeah, that would that would be good. That that all depends on how much how of this I can figure out before COVID ends and life gets back to normal. <laughs> Are you talking about with wrestling? Just with everything in general, like going back to work on a regular basis where I won't have free time to do as much of the podcast stuff as I am able to do at the moment. Oh, that's fair. Did you? Uh, you know what? Never mind. Not even gonna talk about that. Anyways, let's go. Let's continue. <laughs> no, no, no. Get it get it out. Oh, I was going to say, did you see that WWE is considered a essential service in the state of Florida? Oh, yeah, that's uh <laughs> that's something that I could go into long-winded. So, yeah. <laughs> that's we'll, why we'll, I said let's not. Talk we'll we'll about put it. we'll put that aside. But today we are reviewing a Jerry Bruckheimer joint, National Treasure. The first one, obviously. We're not going to yeah. just jump right into the second one. But this it it's been this movie was released in two thousand and four, and I have not watched this movie in that time frame. Like oh, I wow. wa- I watched that movie when it was in theaters sixteen mm. years ago. It's been sixteen years since I've watched that movie. So so a uh, shit long shitload of a long time since I've seen that. Jerry Bruckheimer was the producer on it. And the director, and I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, was John Turtletaub, who also directed another Disney classic movie, Cool Runnings, which we hope to get a review of at some point down the road. Fantastic movie. Yeah, yeah. Steve already said that if we do like a Cool Runnings review, he wants to be a part of it, which (laughs) shout out to Steve and the Stogie Mania wrestling crew. I'm rocking their shirts. They're friends of the show. If you guys are listening to this and you also happen to be wrestling fans, check out their wrestling podcast, Stogie Mania Wrestling Podcast, available on most major podcasts and platforms. Also, go support them by buying some of their merch, like this sweet shirt that I'm wearing right now. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash StogieMania. You can also get our merch at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Ocho and Ortiz or Shop.Spreadshirt.com slash Ocho and Ortiz. I am working on getting some new merch for the Disney podcast up on Spreadshirt. So 
hopefully by the time this video or this episode drops, it'll be up and ready to buy. And if not, hopefully it won't be too much longer after this video is or this episode is uploaded by the time it's ready to go. So once it is all up and running, I will post all the links and stuff in our descriptions and on our social media. So be sure you're checking that out. Josh. Yes. How many times have you seen National Treasure? Too many fucking times to count. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just watched it. Not yesterday, Sunday. Yeah, I yeah, did. I, I did watch it Sunday I watched, again. I watched it Sunday again because, as I said, it had been 16 years since I saw it in theaters. Mm -hmm. So I I watched it Sunday just to re refresh my memory, and then I fast forwarded fast forwarded through it last night on Monday night to uh, just try to take some notes and stuff for this podcast so we could be a little bit thorough with it. Yeah. The National Treasure is a movie that, if it's on TV, I will most likely watch it. Yeah. So it, I, it, I watch it quite often, actually. It is a really, really good movie. I remember, I remember enjoying it when I first saw it, and I honestly wasn't sure if I was still going to enjoy it as much mm -hmm. 16 years later. But I'm a huge fan of conspiracy theories and stuff. And this movie centers around conspiracy theories. Basically, the notion that there is a hidden treasure buried somewhere in the United States, which contains treasures from all around the ancient world going back like thousands of years. So, I mean, the, the movie basically starts off with a young Ben who's going to be the main character. Adult Ben is going to be played by Nicolas Cage. I have no idea who played young Ben because I didn't look that information up on IMDb. But it, the movie starts with young Ben in a room or an attic with his grandfather. And his grandfather is telling him the story about the Knights Templar and the Masons who managed to get their hands on all this ancient treasure and the fact that there had been people feuding over this this treasure for for hundreds of years for centuries even for for millennia and basically he he tells a story that the knights templar decided that the treasure was too great for any one man one person to have any one king or queen or leader whatever you want to call it it was too great for one monarchy or whatever to, to have so they decided to take the treasure and bury it somewhere where where no one could hide it and keep it protected so that there wouldn't be any fighting over it anymore and at the end of the story his his grandfather is telling him how the how the masons in america had left clues all over the country all over documentations, all over, like, dollar bills and stuff with hidden meanings, hidden messages as to where to locate the treasure. And Ben's grandfather tells him that the last known clue that was given out was that the secret lies with Charlotte. And then Ben's dad, played by John Voigt, comes in and basically tells Ben to ignore all that nonsense because his family, the Gateses, uh, his name is Ben Gates, and his family, the Gateses, is, 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 
um, have been hunting, <laughs> have been hunting these, this treasure for, for, for almost a century, like going back to his grandfather's grandfather. So his dad basically tells him to forget the treasure. It, it's just, it's a myth. It's never going to be found. It's just, it's just a legend. People have been looking for it forever and no one's found it. It probably doesn't exist. Give up on it. Flash, yeah. flash forward to an adult Ben on an Arctic expedition, and he is searching for a ship called the Charlotte. This is a ship that's probably about 200 years old, if not more, and it has been buried under a shit ton of ice. And they use metal detectors, I guess, to, to locate the, the hidden ship. I don't know how that I guess I guess the metal detectors are supposed to be there to help them find the coins and the treasure and everything. But in the end, that doesn't make sense because they don't actually find any treasure down there. But they still somehow manage to find the ship buried under all this ice. Anyways, they excavate it and they they manage to dig out enough of the ship that allows them access and entry inside and down below the decks of the ship whoops sorry i just hit my mic so you're probably going to get some uh, feedback noise from that listeners but basically so they they get down into the ship and they find the cargo hold and and ben and the team of people that he's with think okay this is it it's the cargo hold this has to be the treasure and they go into the cargo hold and they see some dead bodies of crew members but other than that, the only other thing that they find is barrels of gunpowder. And they're opening all the barrels of gunpowder. There's nothing there, nothing there. It's just all powder. And they think it's a lost cause. But then Ben notices the captain of the ship holding one particular barrel. And he finds it funny that the captain would be guarding a barrel. So he goes to the barrel that the captain's guarding. He opens it up. He, he dumps it out a little bit. And lo and behold, there's a secret package hidden in the gunpowder. Ben opens up the package, and it turns out that it's like this ancient pipe carving. And the, 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 the carving, the pipe detaches, and there's like a little... Ah, oh shit. I can't even think of the... I'm, I'm going to call it a codex, because I can't think of the actual word that I'm looking for. But it's like a little roller codex. So Ben pricks his finger so he can get blood on it and rubs the codex on his bloody finger. And then, because he didn't obviously have any ink to use for the codex, so he just used his blood. And then he, he rolled the codex over a, uh, a notebook that he had to uncover the hidden message. So it was a clue that led to another clue. And basically, Ben ends up getting into an argument with one of the guys that's on the expedition with him. I guess it's the guy that's actually funding the expedition, a guy named Ian, who's played by Sean, Sean Bean, who a lot of you may know as Ned Stark from Game of Thrones. But Ian, when, when Ben deciphers the code, he realizes that the next clue is hidden on the back of the Declaration of Independence. So Ian suggests that they go and steal the Declaration of Independence, which Ben is just steadfastly against. And Josh, if you want to pipe in at any time, feel free. 
I don't know, man. Keep going. You're doing good. <laughs> uh, Unless you want to break. <laughs> so, basically, Ben wants nothing to do with stealing the Declaration of Independence. Because Ben, as much as his family is known as being these conspiracy theory treasure hunters, he's also a historian, and he appreciates historical things. So, he wants no part of this. And Ian says, well, then at this point, you've become a hindrance. So he threatens to shoot Ben and Ben's friend who's with them on the expedition, Riley. And then Ben grabs a torch and lights it and threatens to throw it on to the gunpowder. But Ian ends up catching the flare. However, because Ian had been handling the gunpowder with his, with his gloves and stuff, his, his glove catches on fire which causes him to, to, to drop the, his glove and the flare, and he runs out and he locks Riley and Ian or, and Ben in the cargo hold, and he, he hauls ass to escape. Now, obviously, the flares touch the ground. There's a bunch of gunpowder on the ground. Shit is about to go down. Fortunately, Ben and Riley manage to find uh, an escape route in the cargo hold, Yep, the smuggler's hold. The smuggler's hold. That's what it is. Thank you. I couldn't remember exactly what it was. And I'm sorry, my hat keeps hitting my microphone, so you're going to continuously hear banging on the recordings. I do apologize for that. Anyways, they they head out through the smuggler's hold, and somehow they manage to evade blowing up in the ship when it, when it blows up. So, anyways, they manage to escape, and their main idea is to go to... Washington to try to alert the authorities. So the next shot, we see them coming out of the FBI after a failed attempt of letting the FBI know that somebody is planning on stealing the Declaration of Independence. The FBI obviously doesn't believe them because it's a well-guarded document and nobody is going to be able to steal it because of the high security surrounding it. We then find out during that conversation as well that Ben and Riley had also tried to talk to the CIA and to the Homeland Security and all all of those all those agencies. agents agencies, thank you. All those agencies laughed at them and didn't believe them and basically threw them out of the buildings as well. So sorry, I'm just trying to find my notes here to remember where I am. That's when they go to um, the actual museum then, right? Yeah, I'm just... I wrote down the, the museum, I think. Yeah, uh, National Archives. The National Archives Museum. Because they want to talk to... Well, I mean, her her role is never really made clear. Abigail Chase is the character played by... Diane Kruger. Diane Kruger. But I don't remember them ever actually giving her title or her character a title. So I don't know if she's like a curator at the National Archives, if she's the director of the National Archives. I'm assuming she's a director because I don't think a curator would have a private office or take meetings with people. That seems more like the director's job. So I'm assuming she's a director of the National Archives. Anyways, they go in to talk to her, and as they're sitting down, waiting to be seen, Ben notices a pamphlet advertising an upcoming event for the 70th anniversary of the National Archives building. There's going to be a, a gala there, 
and there's going to be a huge viewing of the of the Declaration of Independence along with all sorts of other historical documents that are there. So he notices this and he keeps this in the back of his mind. And they finally get seen by the by Abigail and Ben notices that she's really into history as well. She has a ton of buttons from George Washington, but he notices she's missing his inauguration button and he tells her that he happens to have it have one so a lot of a lot of small talk beforehand so we can sort of get to know the fact that both these both Abigail and Ben are very serious about history they're big history buffs Ben then tells Abigail the same thing that him and Riley have been trying to tell everybody else that somebody is going to steal or attempt to steal the declaration of independence and of course, just like everybody else, she doesn't believe them. Yeah, just like everybody else, she doesn't believe them. She's not as mean about it. They they leave on their own accord, which leads to a scene in front of the Lincoln Memorial, Lincoln Monument, and Ben decides that in order to protect the Declaration of Independence from Ian and his crew, that Ben and Riley are going to have to be the ones that steal the Declaration of Independence. So there's this big sequence of them figuring out how they're going to do it, and then there's a montage of them, like, sort of doing practice runs and everything, checking the security details, working on fake badges and stuff for, for Ben to get in. Anyways, the night of the gala finally arrives, and... Ben goes in dressed as a maintenance worker, and so he's allowed access right away. And then once he's in, he takes off the maintenance clothes and he's dressed all nice and everything in a tuxedo. And while he's before that, sorry, go ahead. Go on. No, no. I was gonna say. I was gonna say before that uh, they did show a scene of Abigail getting the button. Yes. Yeah. He mailed. He mailed her the the button. At this point, he's still using a false identity. He's saying his name is Paul. So he's still using a, a false I- identity. So anyways, he runs into he runs into Abigail at the gala. And they make a little bit of small talk. And he grabs a glass of champagne. And he makes a toast to the founding fathers. And to people doing what they knew was right even if everyone else thought what they were doing was wrong. So obviously tipping his hat that he's about to do something. And so he he leaves Abigail and he goes into hijack the Declaration of Independence mode. And this is where we see that at the same time as he's trying to get the Declaration of Independence, Ian and his team are there with their plan to try and steal the Declaration of Independence. Ben gets to it first and he's about to get on an elevator to take it upstairs and take it back to the van where Riley is. But right as he's at the elevator, that's when Ian and his team get in and they see him and they start shooting at him. But fortunately for Ian, he had kept the Declaration of Independence in the glass case that, that they keep it in, which it, which had been explained to us earlier in the movie is a bulletproof glass case so he just holds up the case to to stop the bullets and he manages to get on the elevator and escape yeah the the whole reason he kind of got that 
or, or kept it inside that was because Riley had tapped into the security cameras and he put a, a fake security uh, vision up. But then when Ian's team gets there, they take control of, of the of the live footage. So that's where he can't see where Ben is, doesn't know what's happening. And that's where Ben decides, OK, I'm going to take the whole the whole thing. And while in the elevator, continue to use like a screwdriver to get it out. Right. Yeah. And uh, the significance that I was trying to bring point out of the uh, giving the the coin or the pin to Abigail Chase was because he dipped it in this this liquid. So it's basically like something you where it's like where you would need a black light to see what's going on. And when he also did the toast and got uh, the wine glass or the champagne glass back from Abigail Chase is because he needed to get her fingerprint just so that he could even get into to get downstairs into the building. Yeah. So. He gets back up, and he at this point, he has the Declaration of Independence rolled up and tucked away inside of his tuxedo jacket, and he's trying to leave, but then he sees Abigail, so he makes an abrupt turn, which leads him into the gift shop, and the gift shop girl assumes that he's trying to steal a replica, like a replica poster of the Declaration of Independence, so he ends up paying $35 for it and he ends up leaving to no avail because Abigail still catches him and tries to run up to him on the uh, on the street and that's when she discovers that he's stolen the Declaration of Independence and this is also when he gives it back to her and she walks she goes to walk back inside the the National Archives Museum while still calling for security to arrest him for attempted theft of federal property. That's when Ian and his team get there in their van and they grab Abby, uh, Abigail and take her. And then Ben and Riley chase after them to try to rescue Abigail. They finally manage to do so. She gets in their van and they end up just driving off and letting letting Ian and his team go forward to wherever the fuck they're going. And Abigail is all worried because the uh, Ian now has the decoration. But that's when Ben reveals that he had bought one of the souvenir declarations of independence in the in the gift shop, and he was still in possession of the actual declaration of independence. And then that's also when it cuts to Ian and his van figuring out that what he had was a replica and not the real thing. So obviously with Ben stealing the Declaration of Independence, the FBI, CIA, all these government agencies were going to be all over his house. So instead of going to his house to figure out the clue, he goes to his father's house and his father wants nothing to do with looking for the treasure. At this point, his father doesn't realize that he's stolen the Declaration of Independence. He just thinks that he has a piece of paper which contains another clue on it. So Abby, Abigail and Ben use lemon juice as a, as a reagent to uncover the next clue. And they finally get the next clue and they realize that in order to solve the clue, they also need parts from a previous clue which were letters that Ben's father had at one point. And then that's when Ben's father tells them that he doesn't have those letters anymore. He, he donated them to the Franklin Museum in Philadelphia. Uh, sorry, the Franklin Institute in, in Philadelphia. 
So this is when Ben's dad takes a look to see what they were looking, what the clue was written on anyways, and discovers that it was that they had stolen the Declaration of Independence. And Ben's father says he wants nothing to do with he like he had wasted his entire life looking for this treasure and now Ben has complete had completely destroyed his by stealing the declaration. So anyways, Ben, Abigail, Riley end up going to Philadelphia to find these letters. And then somehow, and I don't know how, but Ian and his team catch up with Ben, Abigail, and Riley. And I say I don't know how because they never saw the back of the Declaration of Independence. So I don't know how they figured out what the next clue was and how they needed to get to Philadelphia. So what happened was I think it was that blood one, look at the codex or whatever from the Charlotte. I think there was something there was I remember they they sort of explained it where he's looking at a uh, something where it says silence and then good or and it was they were they were looking at some letter or something. Ian was looking at something right, he was like right, why are right. these two but letters? E- but even with that, right? Like Ben didn't know where the letters were until his dad told him, right? So how the fuck does if Ben doesn't know that they had been donated to the Franklin Institute, how the fuck does Ian know, right? Like I guess I well, what he did what he did was he they, they googled it right at that point they 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 searched for silence do gooder right which is the name that Benjamin Franklin used as as before so they they googled it and I guess it was one of the top searches and so that's when they go to the museum in, in I don't remember them I remember them showing the FBI them uh, FBI googling it at Ben's house I don't remember them showing Ian googling it. No, they. I remember. I remember them. They they did do like a search for that. But yeah, no. So it's Ben goes through all this elaborate stuff to find these clues and figure it out, and then somehow Ian just gets it, and so he ends up going to Philadelphia, still trying to get the Declaration of Independence from from Ben Riley and and Abigail. So, anyways, they discover that. So they have a kid help them read the letters and break the code and everything and they figure out through the code that the next next clue is at the liberty bell and so they have to go to the liberty bell to to get the next clue but they figure they end up realizing while they're in a clothes store shopping for new clothes that they have to be at the clock tower at a certain time so Ben asks the cashier at the clothing store to see the $100 bill that he just used to pay for the clothes, and he gives her his watch for collateral. Anyways, long story short, they figure out that the time they have to be there is 2.22, and that the time right now is 3 o'clock. That's when Riley explains that when the Declaration of Independence was signed, daylight savings time wasn't a thing yet, so they actually still had time because... 222 then would have been 322 in current day without daylight savings time so they figure they still have time to go there and see it and so they end up going to the liberty bell at the same time ian and his crew find out that they have to go to the liberty bell as well again they have less resources and less clues than what ben have so i don't know how they figured out that they had to be there at a certain time or if they just went there to go there but anyways, Ben discovers the next clue is a is hidden in a removable brick 
in uh, part of the building across from the um, bell tower where the Liberty Bell is. So he cuts out the brick and inside the brick is these glasses that Benjamin Franklin had created. And Ben discovers that these glasses are a way to read the the invisible ink to decipher the code on the back of the Declaration Declaration. Declaration of Independence. And so... He and Abigail and Riley are setting up and reading it. And then as Ben is reading it, he realizes that they are in the exact same room where the Declaration of Independence was signed. And this was probably the first time since the Declaration has been signed that it has been in that room. So he takes a moment to appreciate the history. And as he does, he realizes that Ian's team is out looking for the clues, so he decides to split up the clues among among them, so he gives Abigail the Declaration of Independence, and then he takes Benjamin Franklin's glasses, because he figures that if one of them gets caught, it's better for, it's better if Ian only has half the clues, rather than all of the clues combined. So anyways, he gives, he gives the Declaration of Independence to Abigail, Abigail and Riley take off, and then Ben takes off in a separate direction. This leads to a huge chase scene throughout Philadelphia. They finally break free, break free from. Oh no! Well, actually, Abigail is trying to run, run, run away from Ian, and she trips in the middle of the street. And the Declaration of Independence falls out of her hands, rolls back to Ian. Ian picks it up, and he lets he lets Abigail and Riley go because he got all that he really wanted was which was the Declaration of Independence. So they go, they phone they phone Ben, tell him that they lost the Declaration of Independence. He's kind of pissed off, but he's like, "Okay, meet me back at the at the car." Ben is the first one at the car where he's met by the FBI who arrest him, obviously for stealing the Declaration of Independence. And then it cuts to the scene of him being interrogated by the FBI when Ian calls because Abigail had called Ian to enlist his help to get Ben out of FBI custody. So Ian calls the F- uh, calls Ben. Ben picks up the phone. FBI is recording it. Ian tells Ben to meet him at a certain place at a certain time. And he says, come alone. Don't bring any of the FBI agents who are listening in on this phone call with you. So with that, Ben goes to meet Ian on this on this ship, and of course he's he's got a whole bunch of FBI security watching his back to make sure nothing goes wrong. But Ian had planned for this, and his team has a bunch of stuff to disrupt the FBI signals. And then Ben eventually jumps into the Hudson River, where one of Ian's guys is waiting for him underneath the water, and they have some sort of like motorized device which carries them away quickly so that the police and the FBI can't search that area and find them. So anyways, Ian at this point obviously knows about the glasses because Abigail had told him that he needs glasses to read the map and that was sort of her bargaining chip to to get Ben free. So Ian get, or sorry, Ben gives Ian the glasses and all the other clues that he's figured out. And he says, okay, you can let us go. And, sorry, Ben said, Ben gave Ian the rest of the clues. And Ben was like, okay, you have everything. You can let us go. I've explained everything to you. 
And Ian was basically like, no, you're all going to help me find the treasure. And that's when he uh, he reveals that not only does he have Riley and Abigail hostage, but he also has Ben's father hostage as well. So they go into the Trinity Church because that's where Ben says the treasure is going to be. And then Ben's reading the back of the Declaration of Independence with the glasses because Ian needs him to read it to figure out the clues. And then Ben's like, okay, it's buried underneath. There's like secret catacombs underneath the church and it's going to be in the catacombs. So they go down underneath the church into the catacombs and they find they find the, I guess, burial sites of a couple of former like Freemasons. And when they when they pull out one of them, there's a hidden tunnel in the back. So they pull out the body, they climb in the tunnel, and then it just, it reveals itself into this huge, gigantic, under-the-earth under labyrinth. And it's basically, at this point, a booby trap as well, because it's so old and everything is made out of wood and it's been eaten away, as we discover, by, like, termites and stuff, because Ben's dad points that out that every all the steps and everything are fragile, so everywhere that they step, things are breaking. So, obviously, they have, like, their little heart race moment scenes there of who's going to survive, who's not going to survive. One of Ian's team members falls to his death, but they eventually make it all the way to the bottom, and they come to a dead end, but Ian doesn't believe it's a dead end. He believes that there's another clue that Ben is not revealing. And Ben is trying to trying to convince him that no, this is it. This is there is no other clues. Ben then ha- or sorry, Ian has one of his team members pull out a gun and say, if you don't tell me what the next clue is, I'm going to sh- I'm going to shoot the people that you love. He's like, I lost one of my men and I barely cared. Do you think I ha- I'll have any remorse about you guys dying? So Ben gives Ian a clue, but it's a fake clue. But Ian doesn't realize that it's a fake clue. So Ian's convinced by Ben that the, that the next step is to go to a church in Boston. And so Ian and his team member abandon Ben Riley, Ben's father, and Abigail down in these catacombs, this labyrinth. So they're left to fend for themselves. And that's when Ben tells them that there was another clue, but the clue he gave Ian was a fake clue. And the other clue was very close by. So they end up discovering a hidden doorway beneath the all-seeing eye on a wall, which leads them into this pretty big room which they figure is where the treasure used to be. Now Ben now Ben is convinced that they actually have come to a dead end, that somebody discovered the treasure long ago and took it out and moved it to another place. So he figures that this is it. There, there's no more. There actually is no treasure at this point. That's when Riley says there has to be another room because there has to be another exit out of here. So Ben and all of them start looking for another way out. And that's when Ben sees a door and it's got like a little keyhole for it. But it's not like a typical keyhole. And Ben figures out that the keyhole, the key for the keyhole is actually the pipe carving that he found on the ship, the Charlotte. So he he still has the pipe. I don't think he realized that it was going to be important or integral going forward. He thought it just had another clue. 
but he uses the pipe and he puts it in and uses it as a key and it reveals this massive room with tons of treasure, ancient treasure from all over the world, from Alexandria, from ancient Greece. Yeah, the scrolls. The scrolls. So all this treasure just buried underneath. And then Ben touches his lantern to like this this little railway, which is full of gasoline, and the whole thing sort of like lights up. And then you see just how massive this treasure room actually is. And it's huge. And that's also when Riley looks all the way to the other end of the other end of the room and sees stairways as the second exit out. So they end up climbing out the stairways. They leave all the treasure underneath and they climb back out through the tombs. It's not, uh, it, and uh, that's where they run into, I guess, the caretaker of the church as they're coming out for a little bit of a calmly spot. And then once they get back into the main portion of the church, the FBI is there waiting for them. And that's when Ben tells the FBI agent, I want to cut a deal. So he basically cuts a deal with an FBI, with the FBI guy, letting him know that all the treasure is down there. And that's when he discovers that the FBI agent the the head FBI agent that's been pursuing him is also a Mason because he's got the Masonic ring on. So he cuts a deal that nothing happens to his father, to Riley, to Abigail, and that they actually are the ones that get credit for the find. And he says, I would like to really not go to jail. And that's when the FBI agent says, well, somebody has to go to jail. There was theft of federal property. Somebody stole the Declaration of Independence. Somebody has to go to jail for it. And that's when Ben tells him, oh, I know who you can put in jail. So he sends the FBI agents to Boston to head off Ian and his crew. How they managed to get to Boston and be in place to arrest him before he actually got there when so much time had passed by the time Ian had abandoned Ben and the time Ben found the treasure and explained everything to the FBI. But I guess the FBI has resources to get them to Boston quicker than Ian does. And so they get to Boston, they arrest Ian, and then Ian looks up and he sees Ben standing in a window or a doorway across the street looking at him smugly. And then at the end of the movie, it's revealed that the treasure got split up to museums all around the world and that Ben, Riley, and Abigail got to keep got some sort of cash value reward for it. They got 1% of the total treasure found, which resulted in them getting a shit ton of money because it was explained that I think there was like, what, 6 to $10 billion worth of treasure down there. So, you know, 1% of that is a good chunk of money. So Ben ends up getting Abigail and a nice house and then... Riley ends up getting a super awesome sports car. And that's the end of the movie. Everyone except Ian lives happily ever after. But Sean Bean didn't die in this movie, which is, you know, unique to Sean Bean because Sean Bean usually dies in every movie or TV show that he's in. Yeah. Lord of the Rings. Game of Thrones. I guess he died in Game of Thrones. I've never watched it. Yeah. End of the first season. Okay. Spoiler alert, Dave. (laughs) What's it called? Uh, R- Riley was pretty upset about the only taking the one percent because they offered him a ten percent finding uh, finder's fee, and he said no. So Riley's like, "I got half." He's, he's like, "We only got one percent." He's like, "So really, realistically, I only got half of one percent." So you could have had a bigger. <laughs> well, I guess realistically, if if it was one percent 
among the three of them and not one percent each, Just, yeah, it would be it would be a third, a third of one percent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, so yeah, that I Riley, Riley kept going. He's like a measly one percent because in that thing they said they offered him ten percent finder's fee. Yeah. But at the end of that, he said, Ben told him, he's like, I'll let you negotiate the finder's fee next time. <laughs> next time we yeah. find a treasure, yeah. Yeah, it was. I, I love that movie. Yeah, no, it's really good. It, it still held up. I still enjoyed it, even after 16 years. I didn't think I would. I thought it would be like, uh, okay, this was a movie in the early 2000s that I enjoyed and probably not so much anymore. But it held up. I really enjoyed it, so good job. Good job, Jerry Bruckheimer and everyone else involved in producing and directing this movie. And then, obviously, they did a sequel, Book of Secrets, and there's been talk for years that there was going to be a third movie, but nothing ever came of that. Hey, man, you never know. Hopefully, it'll, comes, it'll, it'll, it'll come out. I like it. I think, I, I mean, I've always liked Nick Cage, so I think he, I, I could see another one happening. And the guy who plays Riley, he was actually, I don't know if you ever, if you knew that, but he was in, um... The Hangover. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that when I was looking at IMDb while I was watching the movie. Not that I care, yeah. I hated The Hangover. Really? Yeah. Oh, I love The Hangover. At least the first one's really good. Second two were okay. But, uh, yeah, no, there was some good people in that, between them, John Voight, Sean Bean, Christopher Plummer, you know, it was yeah. a pretty good cast. A lot of good, uh, good actors in that movie. But yeah, no, I mean, we spent 52 minutes covering this. Uh, <laughs> I did I did most of the talking. <laughs> you, you did, you did. So, Sorry, I, I, don't know, I, just, I didn't know where to interject, but you you, you seem to have it all good there. It was, I mean, I, I had some things there, right? You know, it was, it was yeah, good. Yeah, you had some input. So I don't want to go too much over an hour. So before we wrap things up, is there anything that you want to add or say about National Treasure? I thought it was a really good idea for a movie, and it worked out really well. I, 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 again, I really liked that movie, and I guess it does work right into your wheelhouse there with conspiracy theories, and it's a Disney one, right? Yes. It, it kind of worked out perfectly. I hope there's they make another one, because the first one was great. I I haven't seen the second one in a while. I don't remember if it was how great, how good it was. Yeah, that's, a, that's another one. I haven't seen it since it was in theaters, and that was way back in 2007. Yeah. Exactly, but I mean, it, it. Hopefully, they'll make a third one. Again, I, I did like this movie, and it was fun watching it again the other day. And uh, yeah. All right. Well, I I definitely liked it. I'm gonna give it like a seven out of ten. More than Descendants, Dave. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Descendants. Like lo- Descendants is lucky that I gave it a five. This this was a <laughs> this was a good movie. But uh, yeah, no, I, I'd give us. I'll, I'll give it a solid seven out of ten. I really enjoyed it. But uh, yeah, let us know, guys, if you're watching this or listening to this. Let us know what you thought. Leave your comments. There's comment sections literally on every podcast platform that we post to on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course Podbean. Ocho and Ortiz Disney Pod.podbean.com. And of course, the YouTube comment sections, as well as Facebook, because I will be posting this to Facebook as well. So there's literally comment sections everywhere. Feel free to let us know what you thought of the movie. Feel free to let us know what you thought of this podcast. And please be sure that you're following this podcast on our social medias. 
Instagram.com slash Ocho and Ortiz Disney Pod. Facebook.com slash Ocho and Ortiz Disney Pod. You can also just search for the Twitter handle at Ocho and Ortiz Disney Pod on Instagram. And again, we're on Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. So please be sure you check us out on all the social medias. Give us a follow. Give us a like. Like I said, I'm hoping to have shirts up soon. If and when those shirts do come up, they will be on our Spreadshirt site. So check out shop.spreadshirt.com slash Ocho and Ortiz. In the meantime, if you're a wrestling fan, you can still get our wrestling shirt from Spreadshirt as well. So yeah, guys, we always appreciate you listening. Just let us know what you think. We want to hear from the listeners. We want to we want to know what you guys think we can improve on. Obviously, the video stuff, as I said at the beginning, is still a work in progress. But Josh, any final words? Thanks everyone for listening. You know, check it out. This is new for us as well. Yeah, I didn't talk a lot this one. Dave took control of it, which is great because you know this was his choice. I will be definitely talking a lot <laughs> next week because I have I have an idea. Was not expecting to talk as much as I did tonight. It's mostly like forty five minutes of me talking and five minutes of Josh. <laughs> don't don't worry. It'll it'll probably be like that next week with me talking <laughs> a lot. Trust me. Trust me when I say that. It's gonna it's it's gonna it's. It's going to be a long fucking podcast. (laughs) I'm going to try and keep it short. I'm going to make it a series at some point. I want want to try to keep the podcast to about 40, 45 minutes moving forward. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. So I'm going to try. I'm going to I'm going to shorten. It's going to be. Yeah, okay. it's going to be fun. Let's put it that way. All right. And having said that, as always, guys, whether you're listening to this in the morning, the afternoon, the evening, Whatever time of day it is, where you are, when you're listening, we thank you for listening, we appreciate you listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.